Connors T, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast. We tell Irish myths with music and have a chat about it in the next episode. My name is Aaron and I'm here with my sister, Sarka Hegarty. This week we're listening to the story of the Tua de Danon, Shreng and Bress, told by Aaron. This podcast is brought to you thanks to our Patreon supporters. Thank you. You can go to candletales.ie to find out more about us or follow us on the social media at Candletales. Hey Aaron, tell us a story. Smoke was rising in great clouds from the coast and the smoke mingled with the morning mist and all on the shore looked at their burning boats and smiled. Soft, pale, assured smiles reached the eyes from soft, pale skin of the Tua Te Danin. The people who had burned these boats, they looked around not sure but firmly landed now on the island of their ancestors. They had travelled from the magical islands in the north, Phalius, Findius, Morius, and Gorius, and they had brought artifacts of magic to the island after following Danu, the goddess that had brought them to the northern islands to teach them her magic ways. We don't know how they learnt them, but they learnt to shapeshift, transform, and learnt the magic of ever-living. And so the pale faces of these that stared at the smoke rising into the sky were looked at from some who had lived long, long lives indeed, and had been alive since the fleeing of the Nemedians from the Fomorians. This story had resonated and stayed with these people for so long. Their ancestors had swam north, away from this island and the fear of the Fuimura. And so they had found a way to survive in the cold landscape of the north. And they had survived and learnt magic and brought it back with them to the land they thought was their own. And they had an abundance of magic with them as well as skill, cunning, cleverness, strength as well as resilience. They would last and they would survive and they would claim this land to be their own once and for all. The shining eyes of Nuada, their king, looked out at all of the people who he had brought with them. Nuada was fantastic and strong wise and strict, stern, but also had his wife by his side, Boan, who led with her heart, softness always to the harsh touch of Nuada. As they watch their boats burn, they celebrate their landing together. A great feast was had, the Dagda Moor brought forth the cauldron of plenty which never ran empty. Its abundance gave whatever food they wanted brought forth, a magic they'd learnt in the islands in the north. And as they celebrated, they looked to the south, 
There in between two great mountains they saw a mountain of a man moving towards them, a huge man loping towards them with a four-cornered helmet on his head, a great battle-axe in one hand and a sturdy, strong shield in the other. But his brown cloak whisked in the wind as he hailed them, a hail not of anger, not one of welcome, but one that had a question on it. They saw this man, and the pale skin and the pale eyes of the Tua that Anan looked around, meeting the eyes of the king. All of his people there gathered before him. He knew this messenger from the south brought news of other peoples on this island. They were not alone after all. So they sent for Bress the Beautiful. If this messenger that was sent from the peoples of this island was a messenger of strength and fierceness and sturdiness, well, they sent their slickest, their softest, their most beautiful, agile and deadly warrior, Bress. Bress was the beautiful one. So beautiful was Bress that things were called a Bress if they were beautiful. Now Bress took his double-sided sword, his light but sturdy shield made by Gugnu the smith so it would not break, and his crimson cloak wrapped around him as he left his helmet to one side and walked towards huge man. He greeted him and the man responded, Shreng is my name. Who are you? Where do you come from? And why do you burn your boats? Bress responded, Sure I'm Bress, and I'm Bress the Beautiful, one of the two Daedanon, and that's just who we are. We learnt the ways of magic in the Northern Islands, and we came back here to celebrate. Now, might I add, you have a very hefty axe there by your side. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of you. Shreng looked this strange man up and down. He was beautiful. He couldn't help but notice the slick lines, the sharp edges, deadly agility he seemed to have, like a cat waiting to pounce. Well, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of you with the sharp weapons you have. You're so agile and quick, I don't think I'd catch you, even if I wanted to hit you with this great axe of mine. Well, let's just maybe say we won't fight. Not today. And the two of them put down their weapons and continued to talk. They sat in the long grass overlooking the bay where the two a day had landed, the smoke now almost cleared from the burning of the boats. Bress talked long into the evening with Shreng, the two of them amazed at how much they had in common and shared, not only stories of battles and conquest, but also of language. They realized they were speaking the same mother tongue. 
I didn't know that there were others out there, said Shrang. Our stories are shared of the old times long, long ago when Nemed and his people came to this land. We were one of those who faced a fearsome fight against the Fui Mura and almost drowned. But our ancestors went south till we came back to this land, of course. Shreng told Bress how they had separated the island into four provinces, the fifth being in the middle of the hill of Tara, a sacred spot for them, and their king, Oki, was ruling them wisely and cleverly. They were happy and content, not under the oppression from another, as their ancestors had been in the south. The Fearbolg they were, after all. And when Bress heard this story, he was amazed. Bress the Beautiful stared at the huge, strong, sturdy man, admiring more than just his muscles and his kind mind. He realized that he had a link to this man, beyond just friendship that they were fastly making. They were kin. After all, Bress told him, his ancestors, they had been the ones to sail north, away from the Fui Mura, the day the Nemedians had died and drowned in the sea. They did not know there were others. They did not know at all about the Fear Bullock. But Bress told him of the adventures and years that had gone by as they had followed Danu. Bress was born on the waves after all. He had not seen these strange times gone by, although he told Shreng that some who were alive on this beach had lived through it all. For their magic that they had learnt had gifted them the power to live forever. In Findius, they had found a great sword, the Sword of Light, Cleave Solus, and this fantastic sword was made by Uskus, and it was given to Nuada, their king, on the northern island of Findius. This sword was like a glowing torch. It glowed and it sparked in the hand of its wielder and anyone at the end of its point would not survive. But the sword of light would cut down and through all. And see this spear, Bress said. This spear is the great yew of wood made by Eris in Gorius. The spear of light is long and light the touch, but the head of this has great sparks when in motion, great sparks the size of a man's fist falls from this, and the only way to stop it going on fire is to plunge it into great magic liquid before the battle, but no one will ever survive a cast of this spear. And Bress told him more about the cauldron of plenty. Queer Ansk, which never ran empty. This cauldron had been made by Semias in the island of Murius in the north. 
And lastly, the Leofor, the stone of destiny. Morfessa built this and made it full of magic in Phalias, the last of the islands in the north. All this Bress told to Shreng, who was open-mouthed and staring at Bress as if he had never seen anyone like him before, for he had not. The Fearbolag were strong, sturdy, used to working hard, but these magical items that he'd heard tell of were so amazing, he could not think that he would want to fight any one of these people. Bress pointed him down to the coast and said, Look, these are our people. These are the great Tuatai. And when Shreng saw the red hair and blonde hair flowing in the wind of the pale skin, each one of them tall, slender, long and agile looking with sharp weapons, each one of them had. And every one had their magic of their own. Who's that? asked Shreng, looking over towards the Morrigan. Oh, that. Yeah, you don't want to mess with her, said Bress. Maka, Bav, Anand are three names. The Marignu, the one who is angry at us all. She will stir up such trouble there will be nothing but fighting in the end. Battle fury and rage is her desire. And she will strike fear into the hearts of anyone fighting against us. Shreng looked at the pale skin and dark eyes of the Morrigan and felt a shiver run down his spine. Birog of the mountain sang at this time, and she sang great valour into the hearts of her listeners, as Bress continued to introduce the cast of heroes that were the Tuatidanan, Gobnu the smith who made everything so sharp, the Inkect their healer who could heal any wound or injury, and finally the Dagda Moor, the good god, the father of many there, breast old Shreng. It was he who had the great cudgel that could knock ten men down and strike death on them with one blow, but revive or heal any wound of one of his friends with the other side of the same cudgel. He it was who looked after the cauldron of abundance, knowing that any food could come forth from it and so perhaps explained the roundness of his belly. The Dagda also had the great harp, Ulv, upon which he played the emotions of any one that he wanted to get into the hearts of its listeners. So happy he could play, so tragic and sad, but any motivation or valor or strength he wanted to play, everyone who heard it would feel strong and eager to fight. If, of course, that's what the doctor wanted. 
But we don't want to be fighting at all, do we? Said Bress to Shring. We just want to take our ancestral right, as do you. So we're not here to fight you at all. I wouldn't want to fight the size of you anyway. So strong and huge you are. Why not agree to share the land that our ancestors both shared once upon a time? We just want a half of Ireland. And after all, you see the magic we have will live in harmony. Abundance will pour from the rivers and forests of this land if you share it with us. Shrang nodded in agreement, realizing he did not want to fight with these folk. The magic element was enough to strike fear into his heart, let alone their agility and slickness, sharpness and cunning that were clear to see from Bress's eyes. Shrang agreed to go back to his king, Oki. I'll tell them you've landed and that we're the same, one and the same, and we want to share the land, and I don't really see a problem with it at all, I suppose. Bress said one last thing before he left, though. Oh, it's the hill of Tara we'll want access to the most. You might make mention of that to your king. We'll have just the half of Ireland. And Tara, we must have Tara. Shreng agreed to this, no doubt in his mind that whatever it is they wanted they'd take anyway, but agreed to turn and go back to his king. When he opened the door, the great hall fell silent. What news have you? The king demanded. Shreng told them all. The Tuar de Danon were kin, descendants of the Nemedians and of Nemed himself, and so they had no reason to fight, and Shreng reassured them that they would not want to fight these people, for they had magic on their side. But when he laid out the agreements that they were asking for, half of the island seemed a lot, but to give up their seat in Tara, to leave their home, the High King's blood began to boil. They want this hall for their own. They dare to come here, burn their boats, and demand half of this land. Tis a war they're looking for, there's no doubt on my mind, and a war they'll get. A great cheer rose up from the Fearbulg as they grabbed spears and shields and banged them together to make a cacophony, a great noise that reverberated around the hills. War was coming. But just then, a black crow flew through the hall and shrieked a deafening sound, making everyone gasp and Shreng looked at the hooded crow that flew out the window and began to beat its wings. And as it did so, a great rain fell, turning to fire, scorching the land as the Morrigan flew back with the news of war to the Tuatidanen. And Shreng's heart 
sangre. This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan and Rory O'Shea. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelittales or send us a message or get onto our mailing list. For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candlelittletales. Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests. So please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there. Share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we really appreciate you listening. Gurmila Magar.